0: Hello and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast where we cover magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Shannon. And I'm Ned. And we are your co-hosts. So today is gonna be a fun one. I'm talking about Mimosa, the tree, not the bevy. And I'm introducing us to Arianrod, a Welsh goddess.
1: Ooh, love that we're getting a, a little Welsh, a little a little visit to Wales this week. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm talking about, wow, we're really painting with broad strokes here, but I'm talking about the magic of new beginnings. I love. I love. I don't know if you saw, I don't know if you saw my face contort a little bit, but um, I have, there's a lot, there's a lot to say. There's a lot to say. So, but before we say a lot, which is what a podcast is, um, Shannon, when did you feel the magic this week?
0: God, you know, this week was a good one for me magically in the garden. I mostly, I've been kind of redesigning a big swath of empty space next to my porch. So in Park La Brea, um, they have these like areas that aren't really adjacent to any specific like apartments or houses that are kind of publicy areas, but often people will take them over and garden them because they're ugly naturally. And that's what I'm doing. So I put in a footpath this week. And I planted some rosemary along the footpath and planted my pumpkins. So I was just really feeling like creating this magical place next to my like, it's where a bunch of my veggies are growing, but I like totally cleared it out, like hand pulled a bunch of weeds, got down there in the dirt. It was really lovely. So it was you know, I was very dirty, like, literally dirty. Like, there was a ring in the tub after my shower, and that's, like, when I feel, honestly, my most witchy. <laughs> incredible.
1: You're, you're like, um, yeah. I was gonna say, you're like a boiled potato.
0: Exactly. In, in,
1: in well, your, in your dirt bath.
0: Exactly. And that's what I'm just, like, magic. But oh, what about yeah. you, Nick?
1: <laughs> okay, so I did find an incredible new tree... Um, And you are going to love this because it is a sycamore tree.
0: I love it!
1: Okay, so as you may or may not know, I do occasionally mention on here that I live right on a greenbelt. Yep. So, um, anywho, long story short, there is a very, very tall, sort of lanky sycamore tree that is very, very close to my walking path. And usually I have not noticed this tree before but i was walking and i was getting that incredible smell that they put off
0: yeah yeah okay.
1: and i was just like ooh i'm going to come hang out over here for like a minute and just like chill with this tree because it really like just it smells so amazing um and i was like okay i like this tree she's kind of lanky though she's like she's like very trunky
0: mm okay I like uh, that though,
1: but I like her because it's like it's really close to the bend in the creek where I did the twenty twenty cord cutting too. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know what it is about this little bend in the creek. You know, the the Celts had a thing about like the like the bend in a creek being the a, a, a magical spot or like a yeah. thin spot, a thin spot in the veil even. So no, absolutely, I, and I feel like that tracks. I feel like that tracks.
0: Yeah, I. I agree, because it, it's almost like it's almost like a liminal space within the liminal space. Because like moving water is inherently liminal. Yeah, but
1: then it's like it's uh the you know like the way the creek kind of like curves around. It's like it's its own little piece of land that's like almost an island, almost. Yeah,
0: like it's cool. I love it. I love uh, it.
1: And then um, a, a close second is, and this one is less cool, but related um was that there is this gorgeous i don't want to say bush because i know it's a vine but it's a detura Mm, mm -hmm. and the way they have it growing in this box it is almost shrub like
0: i love it
1: um but it literally has i'm not even shitting you 30 or 40 flowers on it right now
0: oh That's so good.
1: And last night I walked by and it really was like this intoxicating smell. Again, I was like, if I was like a bug or something right now, like I would literally be in there.
0: Yeah, I did. I mean, for me, another like close second magically this week is I decided that I'm going to try drying some flowers, like pressing some flowers from my garden. And I started that this week. And that also feels like very magical because you're preserving it.
1: Are you doing it with, with the books, with books?
0: Yep. With books and parchment,
1: like classic. classic.
0: Pressing flowers because I have an extra canvas because um, anyone who's on the Patreon can see I've got like, I did a moon phase like project for above my bed and I bought extra canvases like just in case. So I have one extra canvas still. So I want to do like a dried flower and Mod Podge situation on the canvas like from my garden and hang it near my little like herb crafting bar that I have downstairs so anyway speaking of bars mimosa time y'all so the non-bevy adjacent name for this is a julibrisen it's also known as the Persian silk tree or the powder puff tree which is just so darling So it's native to Southwestern and East Asia from Iran to Japan, but it's all over the US now too. It even gets as far Northeast as like Massachusetts. So gets around. Um, It is a smallish tree or shrub and it can vary in height from 10 to 50 feet tall. So there's like a bit of range here, right? And the tree has a large canopy with smooth light brown bark. And the leaves are really big, like up to 20 inches long and six inches wide. So each individual leaf is made up of like up to 35 pairs of oblong leaflets. It's like almost fern-like looking, but if you've ever seen a mimosa pudica, which are the sensitive plants that you can see, the ones where when you touch them, the leaves fold up, they look very much like that.
1: And I, I just have to say, I mimosas are one of my very, very favorite ornamental trees. Yeah. Um, well,
0: don't get too attached to them because I'm going to shred them apart in a few minutes. But... I know,
1: I know. But let me live in the fantasy of a moment where it's okay to have a tree covered in pink pom-poms.
0: I know. They are beautiful, um, and the leaves are sensitive to light. So, you know, like the mimosa pudica that like folds up when you touch it, they actually like will fold up along the midrib at night, which is really cool. And the flowers, of course, though, are the icons, right? They're pink. They look like pom-poms. They're arranged in panicles at the end of the branches. But the fruits will form in like long flat pods, you know, think like a legume or a pea almost. And each pod contains five to 16 light brown oval oval shaped uh, seeds. So I'm not going to talk a lot about growing the tree for a few reasons today, though. First, it is considered highly invasive in the south, uh, the southeastern U.S. because it reseeds too easily and it'll tolerate poor soils. So there's this, like, French botanist in the 18th century, right, André Michaud, who thought it was a great idea to bring the mimosa tree to North America. But even though they, like, created all these pretty landscape designs with it, it can't be contained. So it quickly just, like took over large swaths of land and it crowds out natives. Hummingbirds do like the nectar, which is a great thing. You're like, right, it's like feeding the hummingbirds. But the problem is mimosa trees don't actually support a lot of native caterpillars, which are also really important parts of the ecosystem. And it fixes nitrogen in the soil. And a lot of people will be like, well, Shannon, nitrogen fixing plants, that's a good thing, right? In theory, but the problem is it's another like danger to natives because it fixes so much nitrogen in the soil that these native plants that have adapted to poorer soil conditions are actually killed off by the excess nitrogen. And so that's like one of the biggest problems is it's just like crowding out native plants, which, again, things like caterpillars rely on, things like certain birds, you know, all of these things are connected, right? You like start getting rid of a few like caterpillars, moths, and butterflies, and then suddenly like birds can't eat them. And then like things that eat the birds can't eat the birds. And it all just like trickles up, right? And they're not like just invasive though. They're also really susceptible to this dreaded thing that most gardeners will shudder when I say fusarium wilt it kills trees like to the ground. It's bad. Fusarium wilt is like really, really devastating. So not only do the mimosa trees get it though, but they can actually spread it to other trees, which is a problem. So, um, and because of that, like they get really brittle too. And mimosa trees usually have to be removed within 25 years of planting. So they're not actually a sustainable choice. There is a purple leaf variety called summer chocolate it produces fewer viable seeds. But the problem here is because it's like been genetically like bred, um, some of the seeds that it produces, they're like variable seeds. And sometimes the seeds will actually be like the straight species. So you're going to have like the same kind of problems, right? So I know I've shit talked the tree a lot. But the reality is, A ton of people in the U.S. have ready access to the trees, though, so you might as well take advantage of it, right? Like, it's already there, but seriously, don't bring new ones in and remove stump suckers by hand to keep them from making new trees. Try to gather up those seed pods. But let's talk about the medicinal uses. So, disclaimer, 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 I'm not a doctor. Nick's not a doctor. This podcast isn't intended to diagnose or treat diseases. Talk to your fucking healthcare professionals before you start any new herbal regimens. Like, you don't know what's going to interact with your medications, y'all. I found out after I got the flu that apparently DayQuil can interact with Welbutrin. I had no idea.
1: (laughs) DayQuil? Incredible.
0: This is is why you gotta fucking talk to your doctors, y'all. And clearly, I'm not a doctor. So, this plant, though, is commonly known as the herb of happiness. So the bark flowers and the flower buds are used to help treat things like anxiety. And some people even call it like herbal Prozac, which, again, depression is a serious illness, but it can give you a little uplift, right? They did a case study in 2015 and the majority of participants actually reported like better mood stability within one to four days of starting a protocol including mimosa so it's like it's really good for you um in western herbalism the plant is used to soothe heartache and stress as well as insomnia and memory lapses due to suppressed emotion because that's actually a big problem like if you have intense anxiety it can also do things like affect your memory. The brain is an interesting organ that is animating these meat suits that we're running around in. So the bark is best harvested from trees that are at least five years old. You wanna remove the bark to the cambium layer. And so that's the growing layer of the tree. That's usually where you see like a color change. So like the light brown bark will give way to something that looks almost like white. It's also usually like a little bit more moist that's the cambium layer. And to harvest the flowers, you want to get them in the morning just as soon as the dew has dried off, but before the heat of the day so they're not wilted. And honestly, like just wait until the tree is in full bloom to harvest it. It just makes your life easier, it's more efficient. And a lot of recommendations I've seen say that you shouldn't harvest more than a pound at a time, but that's really because the flowers can like crush each other if you like pile too many and whatever you're gathering them in. And then as soon as you get them inside, you want to pop them in a fridge to cool them down until you can dry them properly. Um, The dried bark can be made into a decoction, and the flowers can also be made into a decoction. Remember, the difference between a decoction and a tea is with the decoction, you're actually like actively boiling the plant material for an extended period of time. But you'll also see a lot of people making tinctures with the flowers. If you're on like any herbalism Instagrams or something in the summertime, you see all these like beautiful jars of mimosa flowers, like full of the clear vodka. They're very pretty. But just remember, like, if you're using fresh flowers or any fresh plant material, I really suggest you like do the extra legwork to get that hundred proof vodka or even the Everclear just because there's more water in there. So I I just would be extra cautious and go with the higher proof alcohol. Smirnoff actually makes a hundred proof vodka. Like obviously we're not sponsored by Smirnoff. That's just the one that I've been able to easy, like most easily find because a lot of vodka is 80 proof. So, you know, check out your local liquor store. Everclear is also really great for making tinctures, but for some reason I cannot find Everclear in California. I feel like it's really easy to find in Texas, but for some reason, I just like have not found it at liquor stores out here.
1: Which is, I, uh, you know, it, it is it is a bit strange. It is a bit strange. Um, maybe demand for stuff like that goes down when you legalize weed, though.
0: Maybe, maybe. I mean, who knows. Um, I mean,
1: I—that's I, just um, off the top of off, off the cuff, even. Off no,
0: it's top. an interesting theory. I mean, I'm on board. I—I've just looked at several liquor stores near me and cannot find it. I mean, I'm sure I could if I like went outside of the city, but like, I don't want to do that. So, <laughs> Japan, I will.
1: I will. I, I I do. I will just say that one thing I noticed about LA. Is that there's not a lot of like huge liquor stores. Like I did not see a single like total wine and more.
0: No, we've got Bevmo's, but they're like usually smaller and in like like shopping centers. Like there's a Bevmo near the Target that we go to in oh, Co. Sure. But they're still like they're so much smaller than the liquor stores in Texas.
1: It's like a it's it's like truly a grocery store site. Like if you have not been. To a total wine and more. It is as big as a grocery store. It's for yeah. sure bigger than it's for sure bigger than Trader Joe's.
0: Yeah, it's like a fucking super Walmart of liquor.
1: It's incredible. It's,
0: and wine. It's wild. Um, in Japan though, this bark decoction is also used topically for things like sprains and lower back pain. Hi, welcome to your 30s. There was also a study where they took extract from the stem bark and found that the components have a really high potential for anti-aging use because of their effect on free radicals. So some people do suggest adding like a really strong decoction of the bark to your skincare regimen. So, hey, try it out. But you do need to know what species of albizia you're working with because some species do have poisonous parts. Although even in those species, like those constituents can usually be used topically. But again, you just really like, do your research if especially if you're trying to like harvest stuff that you didn't grow yourself just be really careful also they say don't use mimosa if you're pregnant or breastfeeding Meh. so let's talk about magic the mimosa is associated with the water element and the planet saturn so i know you might be like oh this is all about like joy and happiness and i thought saturn was a planet of of boundaries which it is but Saturn also governs areas of things like ambition, career, even manifestation. So that's, I think, much more where the Saturnian magic comes in. So of course, no surprises here, strong associations with like magic for joy, but it is associated also often with magic aimed at like making changes in your life, expansion. It's a great flower to use in magic for things like career shifts, or even if you're trying to make positive changes. And that's a different type of magic than like banishing bad habits this is more about like calling in things that are good for you as opposed to like banishing things that are bad for you which sounds almost the same but energetically those are different types of spell work just you know keep that in mind um it's also said though that mimosa flowers can bring prophetic dreams throw them in a sleep sachet I think that if you're doing work around like manifestation and calling things in, it's also worth it to like add in some dream work during those moments. Right. Because it's like, yeah, you can do all of this active spell work. You can do work while you're awake. Why not also add in some like work while you're sleeping? If you're trying to make a big change, you know, you only got so many hours in the day maximize y'all. You can of course use the flowers in a floor wash. We know I'm a Virgo, I'm a sucker for a floor wash, but you can also sprinkle the chopped flowers around the outside of your home to call in growth opportunities, which I love. Just don't do the seeds, don't do the seeds. You can also add the tincture to some new moon water though to make yourself a lovely manifestation bevy. So I like the idea of like bringing new moon water to a boil to make a chamomile lavender tea. And then add in a few drops of your mimosa tincture, maybe even a little bit of honey for some sweetness. And that's like a delicious flower tea that's got a lot of like manifestation, calling in positivity, joy. You know, how delicious does that sound too? I just love it. And if you want to go even further, use that moon water chamomile lavender tea as the basis for a fucking cocktail. Like have yourself oh, a incredible. manifestation happy hour. Why in, not?
1: And uh, I'm, yeah, absolutely. Do absolutely. It.
0: <laughs> there are also a lot of places online that suggest using mimosa in love spells. I think it's pink and fluffy, right? Like the connection to love, I feel like is really easy to get. So I love the idea of like, Drawing yourself a like self love bath because we've talked about how much we love self love magic. You know, put some rose quartz on the edge of the tub, light some pink candles, use your favorite scented bath salts, drop in some like full size fresh mimosa flowers, revel in the majesty that is you. Like, how oh,
1: incredible. good
0: is that, right? So that's that my friends like it's a little shorter and sweeter because the deity profile i'm getting into ended up being more than i expected um but my sources today hgtv.com hey yo uh the herbarium reclaimingyourroots.com and shadowsmagicplace.blogspot.com
1: love that love that and honestly i think the spirit of the mimosa is um gonna be very much in line with what i'm talking about um because I feel like it kind of got a little weird. It kind of got a little weird with this one. Um, so let's just get into it. So, um, this is one of those situations where I think the internet and I are at odds. So we came into this week with something pretty vague as my topic. Um, starting over, uh, magic for starting over specifically, um, uh, which is something that I I feel like I saw so clearly in my head. It happens.
0: It happens sometimes when we like, we're like, oh, this is a great topic. And then we're like, oh, that was a very broad thing that we decided to talk about.
1: Uh, So, and it's like, yeah, uh, but our dear companion and friend of the pod, the internet, had other ideas. Uh, and And so, what do I mean by that? Well, she seems to think that what I mean by starting over is New Year's. Like, so I found all of these really kind of fun spells for New Year's, um which, you know, kind of like bring in that energy of new beginnings and like fresh starts. Um but that's that's really like not at all what i I was thinking of. um when i say starting over and yeah
0: it's also fucking july like clearly a new year's episode was not what we were thinking
1: no 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 but and then i was kind of thinking it's like you know cancer season and sometimes you are just so deep in your little feelies that maybe you fantasize about you know um like maybe you even harbor Extremely detailed fantasies about disappearing from your life and starting over in another town, perhaps under an assumed name. Um, And then I realized that thinking about this as much as I do is probably not the healthiest thing. Um, So I kind of wanted to talk about that for a minute at the top. You know, if anyone who listens to this show is struggling with their mental health and does need someone to talk to, please feel free to reach out. We know that times are tough right now. uh, And everyone could use a friend. But um, I did learn, though, that fantasizing about, like, hitting a big reset button uh, is actually kind of a trauma response. Um,
0: Yeah, it's like the more that you learn that everything that we thought was our personality is a trauma response, I'm a little offended.
1: I know, I know. But um, all of that to say is that... um, not everyone exists in that space mentally, which came as something of a surprise to me. Yeah,
0: I'm like, I'm sorry, not everyone wants to run away to Paris.
1: Right. Um, So I did want to talk a bit about, like, what we mean when we talk about starting over. And more importantly, what did Kenya Dawson mean when she talked about a starting over house in her famous song, Loose Lips?
0: They might uh, sink ships, but they loose might... gooses make trips.
1: Right. It's an incredible song. An incredible song. Um, but, okay, so I'm of two minds here. Um, like, A is that you're, like, disappearing into the night like your burgeoning mental illness is telling you to do. Or B, sort of, like, uh, you know, like the more public version where it's, like, maybe you're, like, dismantling and rebuilding while remaining in place, so to speak. Um, so, like, people kind of know what's going on. Um, like, they know they're getting cut out for instance yeah. you're doing like a hard reset on your life in that way that's incredibly brave
0: i also feel like i mean and pardon me for interrupting i it also just almost feels like this is such like tower energy right yeah it's like sometimes you got to topple shit and if you don't do it the universe will yeah so it's like you can create your own tower moments and use them for good for good And, you
1: know, it's almost like if you feel that it's coming, you can almost kind of preempt it by setting it in motion yourself.
0: Yeah, lean Uh, in. Just, like, let, like take an active role in the dismantling of the things that aren't serving you.
1: Right. Um, But all of that aside, I do also think there are a lot of people in the world that are forced to start new lives far away from home just by, like, the circumstances of the world. Um, or even you know like more local happenings like people get cut out of their families people go through bad breakups and again it's like I don't know why my mind goes to like these things because it's also kind of like there's good things about starting over like you know maybe you're getting a job that requires you to relocate and maybe you're even like excited by that prospect I would say like that's kind of what i was thinking is like start like starting a new life in in the positive way hopefully um
0: i mean as someone who has moved like done a big move to a different state there is something it's like equal parts exciting and freeing and terrifying but i think that's the great thing about a new start you know it's like you get to kind of make your own way in a different location or a different job with different people. And it is like a cool opportunity. Like it's, you know, it's like when you go from middle school to high school and you're like, I'm a new person now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So then I was thinking it's also very much like phases of life. So like you could go through like, um, like uh, not, these are the only examples, but like if you got married, okay. Or even I would say you know it's like if there's a death in the family and it's sort of like because I feel like that very much is one of those things that does kind of set those like phase changes into motion so it's almost like sometimes when people die it's like you like everyone gets a promotion yeah so like like in a you know and I understand that this conversation is a bit morbid but you but you know what I mean where it's like you're not you're kind of like uh we're kind of getting to that middle tier, right? Like we are not. yeah We're definitely not the kids in our family anymore. Um yeah.
0: but we're not the elders. We haven't entered crone phase yet.
1: We have not entered crone phase yet. But I do feel like, you know, um there is we're, we're we're kind of entering like that mother phase that like or I that's that's kind of where I feel. It's like I'm finally feeling like very much more like an adult.
0: Yeah, I think it's like, and if you want to think about it in like the triple goddess type archetype, right? There's like the maiden mother crone. Getting into the mother phase of life doesn't necessarily have to accompany like having a child.
1: Right, right, right.
0: But it is still like a transitional period and it's like very Saturn return. Like this is a much more Saturnian episode than I anticipated.
1: Absolutely. well,
0: and it's like, okay, so but it's like
1: i I have this topic, and I'm like really like butting up against myself because I feel like this is almost like shadow work, even that I'm just like doing kind of like live in real time on on my podcast that I do with my friend. um and but it's like really it's like, why is it a is it a is it a Sagittarius moon thing? because I feel like there's like this Sagittarius thing of like wanting to run away. All the time, like it's like it's just it's just strange to me that people don't live their lives in like fight or, or flight mode. Um,
0: yeah, can't relate.
1: Truly cannot relate. Um, but so we wanted to talk about sort of like starting over though, and also for some reason when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking about Kiki's delivery service. Um, because okay. that iconic but because that to me is like what i think about when i think about like starting over you know like little kiki like cleaning out the little room above the garage or whatever and like you know like scrubbing the floors and like buying her little groceries and like you know taking a walk around the block um like you own the damn place and like i think that's incredible i think that's incredible energy and i think ultimately after much deliberation i think it's okay to want that i think it's definitely okay to want that um and it's not as it's not so unhinged to like think about that a lot and i think one thing i did kind of want to put in here though in was that doing this research I came across a like lot of Pinterest spells to like start a new life and QWP time so much of that is absolute trash um you really like shouldn't be invoking those energies to start quote unquote a new life I think a better way to look at it would be to maybe do magic pertaining to, like, bringing new opportunities into your life. Um, You know, I just think there's a lot of tricky energy out there. Like, you don't just want to... I mean, you know, it's like, anytime you're, like, making a petition, you really should almost be thinking like a lawyer, right? It's like, how could a neutral spirit twist this against me? Because they don't, you know, it's like... And that's a huge that's a really big ask, you know. It's like a, a quote unquote new life. Like that could go very, very wrongly for you. Because one of the ways I think about it was like, what if what if you could do a big reset? Okay, like what would you want? Would you want to live your life over again? Like, would you want to like literally restart? Or would you want to restart as someone else?
0: That's a really good question to consider
1: yeah and i'm like not asking you that i'm just saying like this is what i'm thinking about
0: no no i mean yeah i just think that's no it's a really important thing though i think to to consider when you're like embarking on this type of magic
1: right but i also feel like it's it's inadvertent shadow work it's inadvertent shadow work because you're like wait what what would i want
0: yeah, it's also, like, what is it about me and my situation that I want to run away from?
1: I think, personally, I think we both have had people in our lives that were very flighty. And, in a way, because we're the people that are, like, kind of left behind to deal with the 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 stuff that's, you know, like, we're not running away from... It's almost like we have chosen not to run away from other people's problems
0: yeah yeah i mean i think it's it's again like thinking about trauma responses i think it can really go in extremes one way or the other and neither extreme is a healthy happy medium
1: (laughs) no 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 but i feel like there's this thing where it's like you um kind of have these people in your life and you you dislike them on a certain aspect because they do run away from their problems and either you or someone else is like left to clean up after it. But then you also have this thing where you're like, but they're completely unburdened. And that th- that's where the sick part of your brain is like, I can do that. Uh, yeah,
0: it is. It is interesting. I, I feel like this has opened up such a, an unexpected, like, font of shadow work opportunity no, with this really, magic topic.
1: Really, though, I was, like, not expecting it, um, and so I'm, like, literally, like, last night, I'm, like, oh my god, it's, like, two in the morning, I'm, like, what What am I even gonna say about starting over? And here's here's what I have truly come up with, and, like, really, I think this is going to, like, bring it home, this is gonna bring it to, like, the warm center of once & Fronds, because I feel like lunar deities are going to be very much in demand for this kind of work obviously they're great for shadow work but obviously the the moon goes through phases and i think regardless of how we're like thinking about this idea of starting over if it is something that you are like going through the moon yeah the the moon so every
0: 28 days my friends you get every, to start again
1: you get to start again and so i think that's actually really incredible and i also think that's like very good energy to invoke in this kind of process and truly i do feel like new moon energy would i mean really makes the most sense here but also like think about it think about think about things for one phase of the moon, truly. But yeah. Also, like, if, if you find yourself in this kind of, like, existential quandary, I would say give it one phase. Give it one phase of the moon just to see where you're at, you know.
0: Yeah, it's, like, a good rule of thumb for big decisions, and I think that magic like this is a big decision. It's, like, don't get an impulse tattoo, Because it's forever, don't do impulse magic for changing your entire life. Because it also can be very much forever.
1: (laughs) But I do feel like in these situations where it's like life has thrown you this opportunity. And again, I feel like the thing to ask for is opportunities. Because then ultimately you get to decide whether to take them or not.
0: Yeah, it's like, don't take yourself out of the driver's seat of your entire fucking life.
1: Right. Um. So, but what I would say is I do feel like, and I think Artemis would be in, an incredible energy to invoke here, because, you know, being, like, a goddess of the hunt and, like, the wilderness, I do think there is this thing, you're in, you know, where it's, like, starting over... I also think, as an American, of, like, almost, like, immigrating or, like, going to, like, a new land is, like, part of it, right? Or maybe that's the Sagittarius moon talking again.
0: No, I feel like that is also, like, very American because everyone that's not a Native American, we come from people who have left and started over. I was actually just talking to Eric about this, as it's, like, I think a lot of people that are descendants of people that have immigrated to America, even like people that are first or second gen, I think there's just like a different relationship to the land and place.
1: You know, I th- I feel like we talked about this off pod, but I remember we had this conversation about how Americans move so much more than like anyone else in the world, because I mean, like the country is huge. It's like, almost the size of continental europe um yeah. a Texas lot of this... is
0: bigger than france like
1: yeah exactly exactly so kind of the thing is this is like it's not abnormal as an american to be like born on the east coast and move to the west coast or vice versa or really anything in between
0: yeah it's like we're all descendants of a very nomadic people if you think truly, about it
1: truly because like... it's like it, you know, it's like if you lived in Europe, you could move to the other end of of Ireland from where your family is from and still be, like, four hours away. Like,
0: yeah. Meanwhile, our long ago ancestors were like, fuck it. We'll cross an ocean. Why yeah, not? We'll
1: cross, we'll cross an ocean. Why not? But I, there is. But I feel like, you know, to me, like, traveling, the, the idea of, like, traveling in that way is very much, like, what the ancient Greeks thought of as the wilderness, if that makes sense. Because it's, like, it's not literally wilderness, right? It's the unknown. It's, like, the liminal space you have to travel between, you know, one port of call and another.
0: It's the wild parts. It's the wild. It's
1: the wild parts. It's the unknown. And, And that's kind of what I think is calling me back to Artemis, because it's, like, we don't need to interpret some of these things so incredibly literally like i think traveling and like kind of being away from home and like kind of again like doing starting over really is kind of like being out in the wilderness um even though it's not technically out in the wilderness like i think the idea is still there and i think artemis is very much like in line with that and kind of like this idea of like being a hunter and like sort of relying on yourself while you're like out in the world like that yeah um and like even kind of like being your own home so that you don't really have to start over um is is incredible energy to bring to this as well because then it's like what what about the other side of the coin someone who like moves across the country and doesn't see it as starting over because they're just like confident in who they are as a person
0: yeah I mean, because you're literally, no matter where you go, it's you. It's, it's you. always you.
1: It's always you. So can we start over? Is it even possible? These are the questions. The, I, and so this week, I'm just like, I just want to share that I'm personally having like an incredible existential quandary. Um, just like thinking about this too much. So I'm going to stop. Um there because we are on a bit of a time crunch this week. Sorry you guys. Uh that's just how it is. But we're not in so much of a time crunch that we can't do some asks. So
0: yeah, guys, hit us up. Instagram at Wands and Franz pod. We love hearing from you. Email wandsandfronts pod at gmail.com. Rate review subscribe. Literally if you write a review that says this podcast is good, Nick will do a single tarot draw, draw for you isn't that fun isn't that so fun? much goodness our patreon patreon.com slash wands and fronds pod you get to like see our lovely faces you get to see our cool backgrounds you get to see our bedrooms it's all very sensual
1: it's very um, very sexy
0: anyway but i'm excited so this week we're going to wales we're talking about the mabinagian and since the topic was like new beginnings it made sense to talk about arianrod who is sometimes represented by a silver wheel, you know. There's that lunar tie-in, but also I think, speaking of magic for starting over and new beginnings, I think that like acknowledging the turning of the wheel, the wheel of the year, very common witch theme here. Describing like the cycles of nature, it's like literally one of the best things about the Sabbats is you can like use that as kind of like a fresh point for you to like kind of shake off the last cycle and give yourself like. The give yourself permission to drop the baggage, right? But the main source you're going to see in reference to Rod is the Mabinagian, right? So before we get into it, though, I wanted to like quickly give a bit of a disclaimer about this source, because I think there's something important to keep in mind when we discuss this story and other tales that we get from the Mabinagian. So these stories were actually written down and compiled in the 12th and 13th centuries from existing oral tragi- traditions. So even though they draw on pre-Christian Celtic mythology, there's like some evidence that Christianity very much could have influenced the way these stories were told. Like we see this with Beowulf too, right? So we have to remember that like, by the 12th and 13th centuries, Wales and the UK was Christianized. So hi, the patriarchy comes in. That's gonna color the way things are told when they're written down. And I think we just have to keep in mind, right? There, are like, Mabinagian is a super important resource, but this was like a very long telephone game followed by the works being written down by people who lived in a very different culture than the original bards who told these stories. So the patriarchy is definitely gonna color the way these are depicted. But that ends up mattering a lot here because the story we get about Arianrod and her deception in the Mabinagian paints, like, a very different picture than we get of Arianrod as a goddess from, like, other sources. So in the fourth branch, though, we find the tale of King Math. So Math is a mighty magician and the brother of the goddess Dawn. So Dawn is Arianrod's mother. So King Math Moth is her uncle creepy uncles have been a thing for a long time apparently so king moth has this weird taboo that means he literally can't exist if he's not either like in battle at war or sitting with his feet in a virgin's lap so at this time we have to remember that a virgin is more like a maiden someone unmarried not necessarily hasn't had sex because in pre-christian times it was just different Right. So King Math loses his current virgin due to a really shitty non-consensual situation with Arianrod's brother, Gwyndian. Uh, but after that oopsie, Gwyndian is like, well, you know, uncle, why don't you ask my sister Arianrod to be your new footstool? So Uncle Math asks Arianrod if she's a maiden. And she's just like, "Um, yeah, weird thing to be talking to your niece about, but whatevs. But of course he doesn't trust it. So he makes her step over his magical rod It's all so sexual and gross. And as she steps over it, two children are born from her. So the first is a blonde little boy who math scoops up and names Dylan. He straight up kidnaps the kid he forced her to give birth to. But then there's a fun twist here, right? When the creepy uncle goes to baptize young Dylan, he turns into a sea creature and swims the fuck away. So that's fun. Uh, The second kid is a bit underdone. And in some resources, you even see it referred to as like the afterbirth. But Arianrod's brother Gwyndian, is like, Math isn't gonna be the only creepy, creepy uncle around here. My turn. So he steals the half-baked baby away, who is like, who ages like twice the rate of normal children. And Arianrod Rod is understandably outraged, right? She's been humiliated forced to birth two children that were then literally kidnapped from her so she curses this like underbaked kid right she says like he will have no name unless i give it to him he won't bear arms unless i give him the weapons and he won't marry except for a woman who comes from a race that doesn't exist currently on earth so a little intense but it also kind of feels like she's trying to get back into being a mom right like she wants to name her kid help him become a good person not a next-gen creepy uncle but Gwyndian does what men do and he gets Trixie to get his way so he tricks uh Arjen Rod into giving the kid a name Lou and arms for him and eventually Lou and uncle Gwyndian uh create a wife out of Oak Blossom, Broom, and Meadowsweet named Blaudeweth, which literally means flower face. So that's iconic. She also becomes like a goddess of flowers. But Arianrod is like furious that she was undermined. And so she bounces to KRCD, which is a magical rotating island. And eventually the sea swallows up the land, Arianrod, and her realm, and they all drown. So there's more to this story though, right? So like outside of the Mabinagian, we got like more of like the story of City and like the magical work she does there. So like this magical care, she lives there with her female attendants Sounds pretty rad. It's also said that the island was in the Corona Borealis, and poets and astrologers learned the wisdom of the stars there. And Kercy is also known as like the gate to the underworld or the land of the dead. And so because of that, Arianrod was also responsible for like the souls of fallen warriors. So she would gather them aboard her ship and take them to Amania, which is also known as Moonland. And in the northern sky, whirling around the North Star, she presides over the fates of departed souls and helps usher them like between this world and the next. So, because of this, she's like really heavily associated with like fertility, rebirth, cycles of nature, the spinning of the wheel, you know, so also weaving like wheel imagery over and over again. So, if you're a creative who works with those mediums, like great candidate. But she also rules like the arts, magic manifestation. Um, She's heavily associated with the moon and silver. So common symbols you'll see are like owls, wolves, the birch tree, and of course like the moon, right? So I think this is why it's just important to think about like the Mabinagian as like a source that was potentially colored by a new patriarchy because all of these other associations of Aryan-Rod Don't seem to like jive with this like crazy vindictive lady we read about in the Mabinagian. So, if you're someone who works with like lunar cycles, you can honor her during the full and new moons, like times when the wheel is at like its peak and its valley. I think, again, she's like a great goddess to call upon when you're working for like this magic to begin again, right? Like, if you want to call in a new opportunity, or you know, if you're a creative, we have all hit that point in a project where you're just like, I want to burn this. Well, don't throw it away. Keep it. But if you want to like start over and like take a new shot at something, you know, if you're someone who does like needlework, works with cloth, works with weaving, work with Aryanrod. She's also, again, though, someone that I think makes sense to honor at the Sabbaths, right? These periods when we're all specifically acknowledging the cyclical nature of the universe. And of course, sea magic, her kid, Uh, the one who swam away he became a sea god right Right. but there's also the like tie-ins between like the moon and the ocean and the tides water and finally mothers i think she is a great candidate for moms so like she sounds super vindictive but there's this really great article um a woman wrote her name is claire hamilton and the piece is called "Aryanrod: bad mother or mythic goddess And she sums up her article with the following quote which i think just captures it all beautifully so i'm literally just directly quoting her here and she says i believe that Aryan rod can be seen not as a furious and vindictive woman but as a powerful and wise matriarch a mother who truly understood the needs of her son and the sacred requirements of her maternal role and who was not afraid to use her crone power to secure them and for these reasons, I believe that the wonderful goddess Aryan the beautiful woman whose feet rest on the crescent moon and whose head is ringed with stars, is a hugely important figure in Welsh myth and a deeply inspiration model for all mothers today. So those are just like a few suggestions you consider if she's someone you want to work with, but also like fuck the patriarchy and especially like fuck men and creepy handmaiden in power who force women to give birth so sources today are wikipedia the encyclopedia britannica and feminism and and then of course that like great piece by claire hamilton arian rod bad mother or mythic goddess
1: which honestly that's very much my opinion on the whole situation is i'm like what did she do that was actually that
0: bad yeah it's like of course, if you're in the patriarchy, you're going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. This woman wants to, like, name this kid. I'm yeah. like, you mean the kid that she fucking gave birth to? You creepy bastards. So, yeah. Anyway, what? it's a very complicated thing.
1: It's a very complicated thing. And also, why are men? Question mark. Why
0: are men?
1: Ugh. Um, But, okay, so we're close to the bitter end here. And it is my turn to do the tarot scope. So for this week, I drew, and I've got my little cards here, so I'll just show you. Um, Leo. Oh,
0: the little lion.
1: Little Leo, Um, which also, I just think it's so cute. And also, it's almost, it's almost your time, babies, so.
0: That's coming up. Leo season comes in with a roar after oh, cancer season. Oh,
1: after cancer season, but I'm Hot enjoying girl's summer. I am enjoying my cancer season, truly. But, um, so for you guys, I've drawn, um, the three of coins.
0: That's such a pretty card.
1: And I, isn't it, isn't it, and it is reversed, and I will say, I have this, um, Marseille deck, and it's got these really great arrows.
0: Oh, Um, that's nice.
1: So, because when it's a card like this, and it is, uh, symmetrical, it's like, which way is up? Yeah. Well, the card tells you. Um... Anyway, so here's the thing. Three of coins reversed, energy, is telling me that you're well, you're it's a bit of a mess um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's even chaotic, um, this situation that you find yourself in Leo. And here's the thing, and I feel like this is such a classic Leo dilemma. But, like, really, it's, like, do you step up and, like, do everything yourself, or do you acknowledge that other people exist in this situation? Um, and it's kind of, like, you you ultimately are uh, inclined here to um, maybe even quit, which is not um, the worst idea, because, again, it's, like, this is very much, like, a chaotic situation that you're in. Um, and sometimes quitting is okay, but also it's like, you can't really have your cake and eat it too. Like, you can't, um, get all of the accolades and, you know, without doing the work. So it's like, you gotta step up or step aside. Yeah. Because you're kind of just in the way right now, is the thing, so.
0: Step up or step out.
1: Step up or step out. Um... And I would say, you know, it it really is almost your season. So my advice as an Aries um, is to step the fuck up, you know?
0: Oh, I love it. Fire take to fire. Ch-
1: like, take charge, okay? Take charge.
0: I'm here for it. I be- feel like this is also so, like, such a Leo situation you're describing.
1: <laughs> like, be, like, like, be bossy. Like, truly be bossy. It might even be good for the situation. Um... For someone to kind of take that role and be a little bossy.
0: Yeah. Sometimes people need a boss.
1: And sometimes that boss can be a Leo.
0: And they'll look good while they do it.
1: And they'll look good while they do it. That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> we love you, Leos. Um. Nice. Well, yeah, it's like a slightly shorter episode today, but we've been on like an hour and a half episode kick. So I hope it's like, I hope you guys enjoy a slightly more abbreviated, maybe more manageably like timed podcasts.
1: that's true that's true but I I mean you know I haven't heard uh like negative feedback on the long episodes but um that's just me that's just me I do check I mean, the Instagram so
0: we have good things to say but also if y'all are ever unhappy or if you're super happy you know how to reach us we told you
1: you, you did tell you You can rewind this episode and and get all that information again.
0: Or Um, read the episode description, because I always put it there, y'all.
1: That's so so incredible. That's, you know, like, Shannon... You're
0: welcome!
1: (laughs) Shannon's just making it so easy. Um, But, okay, to all the bitches who feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind, wanting to start again...
0: (laughs) To all of you plastic bag bitches... Blessed be, bitches. <laughs> Blessed be. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: Bye now. We'll we'll invite the lesbians if any lesbians exactly. any forlorn lesbians coming down the beach.
0: Yeah, lesbians welcome always. <laughs> this
1: <laughs> we're, is we're, a
0: lesbian positive household.
1: <laughs> this is a we're les- we're truly the biggest lesbian allies.